Good morning. Awesome. So good to see you. It's so good to be here. As Jose said, my name's Josh. I'm here with my wife, Ruth, and my two kids, uh, Brooke, who's one, and Ruben, who's four. And we just had a great week, as Jose said, down uh, with the network. We're part of a network of churches, and it's just a delight to be here uh, amongst what I would say family. And, uh, and you may not know me, and I don't know you, but that's fine. Let's call ourselves distant cousins, and that's good. And hopefully over the course of today, we get to know each other a little bit more and, uh, and just kind of catch what God's doing, uh, both for the now, uh, but also what's happening in these lands. I love that you guys are doing good news today. That's awesome. Uh, but then also we get to celebrate and be part of what God's doing across the lands, across the world, because you're part of a family, uh, which is far, far away in Northern Ireland. Quick show of hands, who's ever been to Northern Ireland? Not many of you. Well, come. It'd be great to have you with us. Um, and uh, traveling is awesome unless you're doing it with kids. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we had a great time traveling over here last week. Um, I'm ever an optimist. And let's just say I wasn't during the trip. We, everything went wrong that could have gone wrong. Uh, lost luggage, delayed flights, reconnected flights. I got dragged aside for extra security check-in. Like everything, just like the list was long. And so we got here tired, weary, kids screaming. We had a hotel booked. We arrived at the hotel. They said, your, your, uh, <laughs> your booking, your reservation has been canceled because you're a late no-show. Bear in mind, we arrived at 4 a.m. in the morning. And they said, you haven't got a bed to stay. So I argued and I got us a bed. And then my boy woke up half an hour later and went, Daddy, it's the morning. It's, there's a swimming pool outside. So I had half an hour sleep after traveling for 36 hours. So, but that was a week ago. So I'm good to go this morning. And uh, we're going to journey together a little bit into Mark's gospel. But before we get there, I wanted to show a little video. Now, you guys are special. We didn't get to show this at the nine. Uh, so enjoy this. This is a little video that we've put together uh, in our churches back home. So Rehope is a family of churches. There's four campuses, four locations, uh, three of them in Scotland. And uh, who's been to Scotland? Anyone been to Scotland? A few more of you than Northern Ireland. So you guys have got some traveling to do. Scotland, Northern Ireland, get them on your list to go to. Uh, so we've got three churches, three Rehope locations in Glasgow, one in the north, one in the south, and one in the west. And, uh, and then Belfast is the church that I lead. We planted about two years ago. And uh, we've just put this little video together. It's about 40 seconds long. It will just give you a little glimpse of your family uh, over the water. So just take a look at the screen. Here at Rehope, we want you to know that God loves you and there really is hope for you and your future. We currently exist in four locations, Belfast, Glasgow West End, Glasgow Southside, and Glasgow Royston. We want to see our cities reawaken to the God of the Bible. We want to be people who cultivate a lifestyle of cover-to-cover -cover Bible reading, prayer, fasting, and seeking to love God and love people. Come and join us on Sundays at any of our locations and be a part of what God is doing in our lands. So this is, that's just a small little snapshot of, of the four locations. We're about to launch our fourth this September, so we're kind of building up to that right now. And uh, it's just a joy to see what God is doing, and you guys get to be part and play a part in that, which is so, so fun. Well, I'm going to read part of a psalm to you as we begin the journey that we're going to go on this morning. And, uh, and this psalm will set us up 
for us heading into Mark's gospel, where we'll read in Mark 4. And just bear in mind, the story that we're going to enter into in Mark 4 is the one where Jesus and the disciples go out in a boat in the storm, and a storm comes, and the disciples get scared, get petrified. So bear that in mind as we read through these words from the psalmist David in Psalm 107. And as I read this out, you can read along on the screen, or you could close your eyes and use this as a, just a, a moment to breathe, to reflect, to pause as we enter into these scriptures. So Psalm 107, verse 28, says this, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and He guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them exalt Him in the assembly of the people and praise Him in the council of the elders. He turned rivers into a desert, flowing springs into thirsty ground, and fruitful land into a salt waste because of the wickedness of those who live there. He turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs. There He brought the hungry to live, and they found a city where they could settle. They sowed fields and planted vineyards that yielded a fruitful harvest. He blessed them, and their numbers greatly increased, and He did not let their herds diminish. Then their numbers decreased, and they were humbled by oppression, calamity, and sorrow. He who pours contempt on nobles made them wander in a trackless waste. But He lifted the needy out of their affliction and increased their families like flocks. The upright see and rejoice, but all the wicked shut their mouths. Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. Let's just pray. So, Father, I thank you that as we read in those scriptures that you are one who is with us. And so, Spirit of God, I just pray that right now that you would come by your Spirit, that you would stir our hearts and our affections even more so towards you, and that, God, you would breathe fresh life over us, cause our hearts to beat in time with yours, and may we know, may we know in the fullness of our being that you are the creator God who knows us and loves us and is so for us. So thank you for your presence, God. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to ask you a question right at the beginning this morning, and the question is simply this. Are you going through a change in your life right now? Yeah, a few of you have said yes, great. A change in your life. It might be a, a change in family situation. It might be a, a change in circumstance. My brother just had his first baby. Uh, he and his wife had the first child last week. I was away while the, while the baby came, so I haven't got to meet them yet, but that's a big change, right, when kids come into the world. Huge transition. Uh, it might be a job. You might be changing city. You might be moving. With changes comes... Well, for some of us, comes a bit of rub, a bit of discomfort, a bit of worry, a bit of anxiety maybe. So I wonder, are you going through a change in season right now? But for some of our changes, we could call this a storm of life. A storm of life. Because when a change comes, it can feel like everything is changing and turning around and it, and it can feel confusing and, and disruptive and becomes what we will call a storm of life. As we come to Mark's gospel, and you can turn there in Mark 4, when we're going to read this story, 
This is the story where Jesus calms a literal, a physical storm of life. But what we see in this moment, and we'll unpack this in a bit, with the disciples is that they don't just go through a physical storm, but it's a physical storm that leads to a spiritual storm. And for each and every one of us, we go through these moments where there is a change of circumstance, a storm of life that can erupt in our lives that can cause change, frustration, discomfort. And that's where we want to, that's what I want to tackle and address this morning. So if you've got your Bible, let's turn and we're going to read in Mark 4, starting at verse 35. So it says this, that day... When evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. So bear in mind, Jesus in this moment has just been teaching. If you read back through Mark 4, Jesus has been teaching crowds upon crowds. He's been teaching them in parables, these stories to help people understand what the kingdom of God is all about. That's what's been going on in this moment. And now Jesus, it comes to, come to the evening time, and he says to his disciples, let's go over. Let's cross over this lake and go to the other side side. Verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Don't you just love the picture that Mark paints here? Jesus is just chilling out. He's fallen asleep. He's brought a little cushion along with him because he knew, I'm just going to have a nap. He's prepared. So he lies down on a cushion. He's having a sleep. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid. So often in our own lives, when these changes and challenges come, we get wrapped with fear. And Jesus, I think, just says over us, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. The disciples go to emotion. As soon as Jesus has rebuked the natural storm, is to be terrified. Who is this man? Who is he? Who is he that he can calm the wind and the waves? Who is he that he has power just with three words to bring about calm and peace where there was a furious storm and we were fearful of death? Who is he? Who is he? I want to title this message this morning, down, but not out. Down, but not out. Because for some of us, when a situation comes, when a fear comes, when an anxiety rips us, when stuff happens, when change erupts, that we can feel like there is no hope. How am I going to break through this situation? Where is the next breakthrough going to come? Where is the job going to come when I I have been without a job for so long? Where is the the relationship going to come when I've been so lonely for so long? Where is the breakthrough? And we come to that moment, don't we? Where in our faith we begin to question who God is. Just like the disciples in this moment. Who is this man? Who is he? Then he has power over the wind and the waves. 
But a precursor before all of that is we can come to a place in our own hearts and our minds where we go, where are you, God? I don't know if any of you have ever been there. Well, you ask that question before God and say, where are you in the midst of this situation? A number of years ago, my wife and I, Ruth, we were working in northern Michigan and, uh, on, a, on a camp there. And, um, and we were taking some kids out. on. We had two boats going out on the lake. I was in one boat and Ruth was in the other. And these, uh, we had a group of girls from, uh, from downtown Detroit. No, down, they were in downtown Chicago, sorry. And we were going out on this boat. They really didn't want to go. We were like, come on, you're here, the sun's shining, it'll be great, a bit of an adventure, let's go. So we got them onto the boat, and we, we're going out, and, uh, and about maybe about an hour into the journey, we were, we were going around this island that was in the middle of the, of the lake, which is called Treasure Island, and we were going round it, and, and we looked up, and the sky was getting black over one side. The sky was getting dark. But we thought, it'll be okay, it's, it's a way away, we'll just, we'll make our way around Treasure Island, and we'll get back to... We'll get back to the camp, we'll be fine. But as we were saying that, the, the wind started to pick up. And the waves started to, to increase, and, and the boats were getting rocked a little bit. There was about 10 in each boat, and we were just kind of getting buffeted a little bit, but it was fine. I'm ever the optimist, it'll be fine. And we were speeding on, and in my mind, because I love a competition, it's like, we're going to win, right? <laughs> we'll get back first. So I put full throttle, let's go. And we started to break away and leave the other boat behind until one of the girls in my boat said, Josh, they're not moving. And I thought, come on, this isn't a race. What's going on? So I went back to see what was going on, and Ruth was there. She'd taken off a bit of the cover on the engine, and she said, we're not moving. We're dead in the water. So we had a check, and sure enough, they weren't going to go anywhere. They were out of fuel. But we were still a long way from shore, right in the middle of the lake, dead in the water. So I said, right, well, I've got a, I've had, in my boat, I had some rope. So we got the rope out, and we tied the rope to my boat, and we hooked it onto the front of the other boat. And I was like, right, well, I'll just drag you back to shore. It'll be fine. The wind's picking up. The waves are picking up. The girls are getting their life jackets on and zipping them up because they're starting to feel fretful and worried. Why did you take us out on the lake? They were city girls. They didn't want to be there. <laughs> and so we started to go back, and I was like, it's fine. I'm dragging you back. And the rope had got taut, and we were dragging them back. You know, I was going slowly. The race was over, sadly. But we were going, well, actually, I was going to win. I was in front. <laughs> we're going, and we're getting there. But we didn't get very far until we were going along, and then pshh, my engine cut out. <laughs> and I opened up the engine plate and we looked at my fuel level and sure enough, my fuel was empty as well. And so there we are in the middle of the lake. The wind and the waves picking up. The girls getting terrified, putting their life jackets on even tighter, holding each other, don't let me go. And we're just going, it'll be fine. It's going to be fine. We didn't have a plan. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. You know, are you ever in that situation where you just feel stuck? There's no momentum. There's no place you look ahead and you go, how are we going to get there? Because where we are right now, there seems to be no hope. There is no sign of any thought of breakthrough in this moment. Like, how are we going to get out of this mess? How, how are we going to move forward from this place where I'm just so filled with grief at the loss of a loved one? I can't break out of this mental cycle that I'm in. I just need 
hope, but I can't get there. Maybe it is that job scenario, that, that kid who just drives you crazy. <laughs> and you're like, man, are they ever going to grow up? <laughs> Leave the house. Someone's laughing because it's true. <laughs> like, are we ever going to get there? And you feel stuck, stranded. And this is a totally true story. I'm not just making it up. We were literally stuck in the lake with the wind and the waves picking up the girls, terrified. What are we going to do? And then our Savior came, riding on a jet ski, <laughs> came out to the boat with jerry cans filled with fuel. You see, sometimes we just need that person to come with a word of hope. Someone to stand alongside us and go, I know and I see what you're going through. Don't be stranded. I come with hope. You see, what we find in these scriptures is that there is one who brings so much hope, and hope comes with a name, and the name is Jesus. And whatever situation you are in right now, no matter what storm you're in, no matter what waves are breaking over the side of you, no matter where you're feeling fretful, and there seems to be no hope and no way that you can break through into tomorrow, there is a hope, and this hope has a name, and the name is Jesus, and it's the name that is above every name. And that no matter what you're going through, you have friends and family around you here who can stand with you and pray with you and, and anoint you and equip you and bless you for whatever you're going through. But also, what we find in these scriptures is that there is a Savior who comes to save you and not leave you stranded in the water, but to say, hey, there's a way forward. Don't stay where you are. You see, storms can leave us in panic mode. Storms can leave us feeling isolated. Storms in our lives can leave us feeling like no one will understand what I'm going through. And then someone comes to you and says something, and in your, inside you go, if only you knew what it was like. If only you knew what I'm going through. But you don't have the boldness and courage to say it. This is the hurt I'm feeling. This is where I'm feeling wrapped with anxiety. And we hold it inside ourselves. Sometimes it's because we're filled with pride. And we don't want others to know. We don't want others to know the shame that we're carrying, the pain that we hold. And for some of us, it's prideful. For some of us, we see it as a sign of weakness. I want to tell you right now, break that off. It's not weakness. It's not weak to show how you're really feeling. It's really not. Don't go through life alone. We have friends and family around us who are there to say, I'm with you, I want to hold you, I want to show you I love you, and I want to point you to the Savior who is the ultimate one who can bring hope into the hopelessness of your situation. You see, Jesus has been teaching all day long. He's been teaching and pointing the disciples and pointing to the crowd to who Jesus is and to what the kingdom is all about. And then they get into this boat. And we read in the scriptures that they're out on the lake and they're journeying and then the storm comes and, and the disciples just don't get it. You see, the disciples were fishermen. Many of them were fishermen. They would have understood the, the significance of the lake. They'd have understood that when a storm comes, that it's okay. They would have known and had the skill set in which to break out of the storm. But there was something about this moment and this storm which caused them to be filled with dread and worry. But Jesus is fast asleep. We read, don't we? He's lying down with a cushion. He's 
snoring away and he's peaceful. And there's two things that we see in this moment. One, we see his humanity. He's exhausted. I don't know what you're like at the end of a busy day when you've just been maybe with people and you're an introvert and you're like, I just don't want to see anyone else. (laughs) I've got my cushion. I'm going to lie down. I'm done. And this is Jesus in this moment. He's just like, I'm tapping out. I'm a human. I'm fully God, but also I'm fully man. And he's exhausted and he lies down in the boat and he just rests. But also the other thing that we see about Jesus in this moment is that not only is he restful, but he's entirely peaceful. He's not worried about what's going on. He's not worried about the the fact that there's a storm going. He's just sleeping, fully at peace, trusting the Father, and just at rest. And yet the disciples are so filled with worry any good Jew in their day would have read this story. And in their minds, they'd have instantly come across another story. They'd have thought to themselves, I've, I've seen and read this story before. And the story is that of Jonah. And in Jonah 1, verses 1 through 4, we see just at the beginning of this, we, let me just read this, because this is a, a snapshot into what this story is that we've been reading in Mark 4, but also it it gives us a glimpse of another story. In Jonah 1, it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amati. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose, and the ship threatened to break it up. And we find that Jonah, we read in verse 5, but Jonah had gone down below deck. He lay down and fell into a deep sleep. So in this moment, in this storm, we find the character of Jonah, who's given a calling from God to go and save the city of Nineveh. But what does Jonah do? He flees from God. He runs away from the plan and the purpose that God has for his life, and he got down into the belly of the boat, and he fell fast asleep. You compare and contrast this with Jesus. Jesus and Jonah, in this moment, the story follows similar trajectory, but then in the moment of Jonah, he rejects the call of God to go, and he flees, and he runs away from God. He's selfish. He's caught up in his own business. He's worried about what others will think, whereas Jesus is in the middle of a storm, and he's the one who fights against the storm and continues on to his purpose. We find he crosses over to the other side. He crosses from the Jewish region into the Gentile region. Why is that significant? Because the story of the gospel is for all people, for all nations, for every single person. And Jesus says, this message of the good news is not just for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles. So I'm crossing over to the other side. There is no storm that is enough to stop me from being the one who's going to bring about the story of the gospel to all places and spaces on this planet. And so he crosses over to the other side, taking the story of, the, of, of who he is, not just to the Jews, fights through the storm and goes to the Gentile region. This is significant. But Jonah, we find, is one who says, no, I'm running away. You see, I don't know if, if you have ever had a call from God and someone has spoken a word over you, or maybe you've prayed and you've felt God speak to you and say, go and speak to that person. Go and tell them that Jesus loves them. Maybe you're in the line at the coffee shop or whatever, and you just go, no, (laughs) that can't be for me. That calls for somebody else. Invite someone to good news today. 
Oh, no, I'm, that's, surely somebody else will pick up a card and do it. That's not for me. I couldn't do that. I'm not bold enough to do that, so I'm going to run away. I'm going to find my Tarshish, and I'm going to get into a boat, whatever that boat is for you, because I'm fearful of what others might think. I'm caught up in my own business. I'm too busy. Somebody else do it. That's what Jonah was doing. Surely somebody else. God will call somebody else to Nineveh. Surely somebody else will pick up one of those little flyers that Jose was pointing about earlier. Surely somebody else in this room will do it. I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm running away. But in this story, what we found is that Jesus and Jonah, they're both in a storm. Jesus and Jonah, they both sleep through the storm. Jesus and Jonah both get woken by the sailors, by the crew around them. But Jesus and Jonah, their message is ultimately the same, but Jonah runs. He flees. If you know the story, he gets thrown overboard, and when he gets thrown overboard, the whale swallows him up, but we won't go into that story today. Super fun story. But Jesus continues on his mission. You see, Jesus heads into the storm and follows out the call of God. Jesus, unlike Jonah, is not numb to the pains of the world. He sees the pains of the world, and he steps into the brokenness of the world. And he ultimately ends up on the cross, where he's hung on the cross, bleeding and broken for each and every one of us. That was a plan and the mission and the mandate that he went to, and he cried out, it is finished. And while he was there on the cross, he poured out love and forgiveness in such a way that you and I don't deserve. The purpose of Jesus in that moment was ultimately fulfilled. But the disciples in this moment, in the middle of the storm, just don't get it, do they? They just don't get it. Jesus turns to each and every one of them and says, hold on. Have you not heard what I've just been teaching all about the kingdom? Have you not heard what I've been saying to you through parables? Have you not got it? You have missed the point. How do you still not understand what this is all about? How do you not understand what I'm here to do? Why are you so afraid, he says? Have you still no faith? You see, can you imagine for a moment being a disciple in that moment in that boat where together you've just been witnessing Jesus perform miracles, you've seen Jesus heal people, you've heard him talk about the kingdom, and, and now there's a storm, and in that moment you are so fearful, and then you're, the one you're following turns to you and says, hello, <laughs> do you still not get it? You're missing the point. Hello? Why are you waking me? I should be waking you up because you're dead in your spiritual lives. Wake up. And those same words that Jesus cries out to the disciples, you don't get it, could be the same words that he speaks over the church today. Hello? Do you not see who I am? Why are you so afraid? One commentator on this passage calls this the crux of discipleship. Because in this moment is the turning point where the disciples have a choice to make. Am I going to ask the right questions of who Jesus is? You see, friends, you and I need to start asking the right questions about who Jesus is. I don't know where you're at in your walk with Jesus. But the same thing is true for you here as it is for 
people all around the world, in Northern Ireland, in Scotland, wherever you are at. The same thing is true. We need to ask the right questions of Jesus. And sometimes the most simple question is the best question. Jesus, who are you today? Would you reveal yourself to me? Would you speak to me? Would you come by your spirit and just, I want to know you. Friends, do you want to know Jesus? Because he's longing to get to know you. He's longing for you to be one who brings your worry and your fears to him. And just like he's doing with the disciples here, he's saying, hello, how have you still not seen what I am all about? You see, what we see here is the disciples needed something from Jesus. They needed him to calm the storm. They needed him to, to make it stop because they were so fearful. They were so worried. Even though they were fishermen and they understood how to work the boat and they understood what the, what the storm was doing and they understood the direction, they, they needed Jesus to break through in that moment. But also, as they woke him, they questioned his care for him. What did, what did he ask them? Well, they asked him, they said, do you not care for us? Do you not care that we might drown? And so they woke him, they questioned his care of him, and, and then they demanded him to act, but all that Jesus asks of them, and all that Jesus asks of you and of me, is that we would trust him with our lives. As, as simple as that, that we would trust him and acknowledge him as Lord and Savior. And we might not know all the answers, but he's just saying, come, I want to get to know you. Would you trust me? In the area of your life where you're feeling broken and hurt, would you trust me? In your grievance, would you trust me? In your fear, would you trust me? In your, in your lack where you feel like you're missing something, would you trust me? Would you trust me in that storm of life that you're in? And this has been so true for us in the season that we've been in as a church. As a church, we, um, my wife and I were leading a church in London, and we felt God call us to plant the church in Belfast in Northern Ireland. And since that point, for the last couple of years, we've just been on this great journey filled with faith. We didn't go with a planting team. It was just Ruth and I and our one-year-old Reuben at the time. And, and so for the last kind of, we launched in January of 2017. And since then, we've just been on this journey of following God and seeing what He would do and seeing who God would bring through the doors. And sometimes we ask the question of, I wonder if today is the day that nobody will show up. <laughs> I wonder if today is the day that church just doesn't happen. But yet every week, more and more people came, and we've had so many prodigals, people who were lost, and people who left their faith maybe as a teenager, and then they've kind of now hit their 20s, 30s, and they're asking those questions of, who are you for me, Jesus? Or I'm going through a storm, and I'm struggling with this, I, I, and I once read in my Bible that there's a God who loves me, and I, I, I need to get to know him again. And so we've had these prodigals coming back. And it's just been this great journey, but it's not without trial and it's not without problems. We were meeting in a building which we were renting uh, and we were doing that for, uh, for, two, for two years. And then back last March, we got asked to leave the building. And since then, we've been on a journey of trying to find a new home. And we're meeting in a hotel temporarily at the moment and we've got a new building uh, which we're kind of looking at at the moment, and we need to do a lot of work on it. We're waiting on the council to approve it. There's a lot of work going in behind the scenes, and we're still in the unknown, in this kind of wandering in the desert before the promised land type thing. And we just are waiting on God. But, friends, it's been agony. It's 
been really hard. It was, a, it was easy to do a risky bit of faith when it was just me and, and my wife and Reuben because it just affected our family. But now we've got a family of 120 people or so, and that makes it really difficult because there's so many more people that we care about who are on this journey with us. And it's been a real storm. It's been a real storm, and it's affected us. It's affected our family in so many different ways. And so the journey that we've been on is one of great highs and great lows, of storms, but also Jesus being the one who brings peace in the middle of a storm. And so I don't know, again, where you're at with all of this, but we have an option to make. We have a choice to make. Do we see the storm that we're in as a dead end? And we begin to call God out and say, where are you in this? Or do we look at it as an opportunity for growth? And we say, God, would you teach me? Would you humble me? Would you help me to know your presence in this? Would you help me to draw closer to you in this? Would you show me what it says in your scripture that you will not leave me nor forsake me? Would you reveal that to me? Would you place people around me? We have an option, a choice to make in how we face the storms. I want to show you this picture from Rembrandt. It's the painting she painted in 1633 of of the storm. And in this boat, you can't see it so well, but in this boat, there's 14 people. Now, my maths isn't so great, but I can do the maths and work out that 12 plus 1, 12 disciples plus 1 Jesus doesn't equal 14. There is one extra person that was painted into that boat. Rembrandt painted himself into the boat. You see, for each and every one of us, we can paint ourselves into this story where there is a literal storm, a physical storm that is brewing. And then we have a choice to make. Where are we going to be at? In this picture, you can't quite see it. He's kind of down in the bottom, kind of right-hand side of the boat, but there's one who's throwing up over the side. (laughs) See, I don't know if that's you. A storm comes along and you're like, (laughs) I can't cope. I'm wrapped with anxiety and fear that I'm just brought to sickness. And that is true for some people. On the top edge of the boat there, the guy in red with white sleeves, like he's like, I know what to do. I can fight this storm. I can pull the sail up. I've got it. No need for anybody else. I can save the day. See, I don't know if that's you. Whether you're the type of person who's like, I don't need anyone else. I'm in the middle of a horrible situation, but I can fight it out. I can do it. See, we have a choice to make in this moment. Are we going to rally around and say, hey, guys, I'm broken. I need help. Are we going to call others around us and say, this is, this is where I'm hurting. I need somebody to stand with me. Maybe we're shouting at Jesus, teacher, do you not care? But Jesus says to us, to each and every one of us, why are you so afraid? Do you not know who I am? I'm going to read Psalm 121 just before bringing this to a close. Because in Psalm 121, it says this, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help doesn't come from the guy doing it by himself. (laughs) Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. 
Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. You see, here's the thing for you and me today. We need to know in our heart of hearts that the Lord is one who watches over you in all seasons of life, in the highs and the lows, in the joys and the pains, in the things that you delight in and the things that scare you. The Lord watches over you. He cares for you. He loves you. He went to the cross and died for you so that you would know life and forgiveness and joy to the full. But that doesn't mean that your life won't be without pain, without worry. But the thing that we've got to know is that no matter what season we're in, whatever journey we're on right now, whatever changes, whatever storms of life we're in, we don't go through that alone. Friends, you will never be alone in that. Jesus is with you every single step of the way, but we have a choice to make. Do we acknowledge him and say, I'll welcome you, help me through this? Or do we, like Jonah, flee and say, I want nothing to do with you, God. I want nothing to do with the call over my life. I want nothing to do with the purposes and plans you've got for me. We have a choice to make. And for some of us, we ignore our pain and we put it to one side and we put it in a box and say, I'll deal with that another day. And we never invite others into that. But friends, the challenge I want to lay down for you is don't be one who does this alone. It's not a sign of weakness to be vulnerable. It's not a sign of weakness to say I'm struggling. I want to give us three challenges this morning, and you can work on these in your own time. But the three challenges are this, and the first one is just write down where in your life there is a storm right now. Because one of the first things to do as you seek breakthrough is to acknowledge that not everything is okay. Sometimes you just need to take a moment and write it down. Okay, this is actually something I'm struggling with. I'll just put a few things there. It might be a fear, a worry, a significant change that's coming up, and you're just like, oh, I can't I can't get my head out of that. Maybe it's kids. <laughs> Someone already said I meant to that earlier. Maybe it is kids. That's okay to say. That's a, that's, a, that's a real challenge. Maybe it's your finances. Number two, commit to remembering Matthew 11. Just write it down, stick it on the fridge, do whatever you've got to do. Somewhere that you can see it, visualize it, remember it, get it into your soul. Come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. It's a promise. He will be with you. And number three, be bold and share your storm with somebody else. Don't go through this alone. Don't go through this alone. Mark 4 verse 9. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. That's the power of Jesus over the natural. But he has power over the supernatural. He has power to bring peace in your life, to bring a hope into your life. So I just want to pray, and where, wherever you are in the room, just encourage you to close your eyes. 
And maybe for some of you, as I've been going through this teaching, something just came to mind straight away. As soon as I started to say about worry, anxiety, something just came to mind straight away. For some of you, there might not be anything at all. And hey, friends, that is okay. That is great. Praise God that maybe you're not feeling something on you right now like a storm. but you have friends to your left and to your right, people all around this room who aren't necessarily feeling all okay with the world. And so as we just take this moment to be, to be still and to pause, just begin to pray quietly in your own mind for the people on your left and your right and just say, God, would you bless them? I don't know what they're going through right now, but God, would you let them know that you're close? So with all eyes closed around the room, let's just ask God by His Spirit to come and just to minister to us where we need a breakthrough. So Spirit of God, thank you for your presence right now. Thank you that you're here. God, over my brothers and sisters here, over family here, God, anyone in this room who's saying in their heart of hearts, Oh, there's a, something going on. There's a storm, there's a pain, there's a worry, a frustration, a fear. The future daunts me. God, whatever it is, you know what is on their hearts. So God, would you be the one who brings peace? Would they hear the words that you said in that moment in that boat? Quiet storm, be still. I think for some of us here right now, we're already thinking ahead to what the rest of the day looks like. But there's a, such a powerful couple of lines in Scripture which just simply says, Be still and know that I am God. So I think for some of you right now in this moment, you just need to be still and know that He is God. He's the creator, he's the Alpha and Omega, he's at the beginning and at the end, and he is right here now in the middle of whatever it is you're going through. But you need to make a decision to be still, to breathe in the Spirit.